get that fucking mic near your face, mate. It's fucking well close already, Pat. <laughs> Welcome to season one, episode five of the Away End. Who have we got on this week, Dan? Got a few peeps in with us this week. Dan Sean. Peeps. Oh fuck off! <laughs> got, we got a few people in this week. <laughs> Friends of the pod, as James likes to call them. I will not use that term very often. Uh, we got Sean. Give us a heads up, Sean. What's what's been going on? Uh, not a lot, guys. A Spurs fan, as you might remember. Um, well, we, had, we had to get Sean back on because, as one of our most prominent listeners said, Sean has a great podcast voice. Who the hell said that? <laughs> I can't tell. I can't reveal that information at this tone, point. Absolutely tone deaf. And we got a new guy who I'm gonna I'm gonna give a lot of shit to this week. He's a City fan. Uh, Danny B, come on, give us a shout, mate. Hello, hello. You're right. We're we're gonna we're gonna jump straight in. I feel like with just not grilling Danny, but. As you can hear, maybe from them, then few little tones. He's not actually a man. He's from Yorkshire. So where did that city connection start, then, mate? You could say this is a, an origin story of somewhat plastic. Uh, <laughs> oh, shock! Definition. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it depends how you look at it, really. I mean, I was when I was in school. Sort of, you had every, literally everyone at school. Ninety-five percent all supported Prem teams, and about ninety percent of them were United fans. And being not a massive football fan as a kid, anyway, I kind of just went against the grain and said, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll just support Man City." Not really knowing sort of how shit we actually were at the time. You know, you got the likes of Joey Barton and Stephen Ireland coming out every game. And then, yeah, obviously I got a bit more into it. The takeover happened and then obviously we went and signed a few Galacticos and, yeah, it sort of went from there. The football got a lot more interesting then. So, <laughs> That's yeah. similar, similar to James's origin story, really. He he, he joined Spurs at their at the real ebb, didn't he? And then... It's been all uphill from there, mate, hasn't it, really? Champions League and, and all that kind of stuff, really. Come on. No, I only knew the Pochettino era, mate. I didn't know the, the real depths of it like Sean did. Oh. But, uh, there's one thing for sure, though. He definitely didn't get in it for the glory. No, 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 no of course not. I don't like trophies anyway. <laughs> so England paid... Denmark this week in the Nations League and there was more drama off the pitch than there was on it. Uh, Greenwood and Foden getting into a little bit of hot water with some Icelandic ladies. How do you boys feel about that being as you've got a representative from each of your teams there? I mean, I wouldn't call it embarrassing. I'd say obviously he's breaching COVID guidelines, isn't he? But I think he kind of did what any sort of teenager with too much money is abroad it's with his footy team, probably I don't know. I wasn't too bothered yeah. by it personally. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was similar, mate. I mean, like it's one of them, isn't it? Like the young lads, they're going to be doing. My only my only one concern was that Foden does have a missus back home and and a kid with her, which is a bit. Mm. But yeah. you know, like lads being lads, in that, I think it's a bit stupid. I think the one thing I've taken away from it is that Manchester isn't blue or red; it's horny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true, man. That is. Uh, but I mean, onto the match itself, it was fucking. I didn't even watch it. This is just what I've heard. I'm glad I didn't watch it. It was drab football. What I've read, we played three holding midfielders. There was no creativity between the midfield and the attack. I think Grealish came on for the last 15. Grealish, Daniel, it's Grealish. Oh, Jack don't, Grealish. Don't Your start that again, mate. <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of creativity once Grealish came on for the last 15, but. Apart from that, it was a fucking drab, drab game, apparently. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I mean, I, I don't read think any out. of us did. I yeah. didn't watch it either. <laughs> it's literally, it's a glorified friendly, isn't it? And it's the way that we played. God, who did we play last? We won 1 0 in the end. Iceland. Iceland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Grape through with a penalty in like yeah. the last minute. You know, it was never going to be 
free-flowing football against Denmark. So I, will I made a note here that uh, De- Denmark faced more shots on target in their previous game, which was against Gibraltar. <laughs> That's <laughs> embarrassing. We managed wow. one sh- one shot on target. I think Gibraltar got three shots on target. I can't fathom it though because of the attacking quality in that team. There's just I can't. I don't know that if they haven't gelled or if they don't believe in the mantras of uh, Southgate. Or I, I don't know. I can't fathom it. They're the treating it like preseason as well, won't they? They're treating like preseason yeah. free hit. They're just out to stretch the legs, and you know maybe they should have a bit more pride in themselves and go out and try and score. But I just think even even on an off day, that team that whether that is first eleven for England or, or not, they should be like spanking Denmark or Iceland. Even on an off day, even in preseason, I mean you got the likes of like Sancho, Kane, Rashford, Sterling yeah. in that team. Did they all play? Uh, well, none of us watched it. So. <laughs> Kane and Sa- Kane and Sancho did play. I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah. think Rash- I don't think Rashford played. I can tolerate England playing just about when there's fans, but no fans and England playing has to be one of the worst spectacles you'll ever see. <laughs> Especially when it's a game that just doesn't really matter, you know. I feel yeah. like I like to follow football quite a lot, but Nations League it just it blows my mind to be honest. I just don't understand the whole concept. Like, don't understand what they're actually getting from it. Like. You get to a semi-final or a final in a summer or two times and or you're qualified for the Euros or something along them lines. Some garbage, really, I must admit. Bit of silverware though, isn't it, mate? But as I famously said at the top of the show, I hate silverware, so <laughs> not interested. No, apart not at the, all, apart mate. From the, apart from the Audi Cup, that's oh the Audi Cup. You'll <laughs> never sing that, mate. <laughs> the real success story of the season. Yeah, exactly. Grilling pants on, boys. Ooh, uh, Danny, we're, we, with you being a City fan, we thought we'd bring you on and get your opinions on a few things going on through the season, last season, you know, managerial ownership, all the, you know, the big hitters, right? So I'm going to start with Pep. You're ecstatic that you got him. Obviously, one of the best managers to ever live. And we've, our, our mate Sean, we've got a little, he thinks, he thinks that as soon as Pep, as soon as sorry, as soon as he's won the Champions League, he's done at City. Give us your opinions on Pep, what you feel about him, and then I'll let Sean bring a bring a little bit of fire down on you when it comes to Pep and him, him going right. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah, um, I mean, to be, I think I think that's the opinion of many, isn't it? That Pep was brought in. Um, he was brought in to take us to the next level and that mainly is getting us um, to win in Europe so I, I don't think that's it's not exactly an uncommon opinion to think he would leave up and leave as soon as he's won it I think given that he's been with us a few years now obviously <clears throat> Europe remains the one thing that he hasn't done he's totally dominated in England he's won everything there is to win uh, apart from you know the Champions League so it's getting to the point now where we seem to bottle it in the quarters every season no matter who we're against, it's getting to the point where <laughs> it's getting to the point where I just feel like we might not win it under Pep. It's becoming like a mental block. He's 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 a master at getting consistency out of his players across the duration of a season. You know that's how we won back to back titles. But I think he just overthinks the the big one off games. I hope we keep him for for a while yet. But yeah, well, that's he's... exactly what you said, <laughs> wasn't it, Sean? Yeah, I, I also think it was quite poignant when you beat Watford. You, you I mean, I, I say beat, you pounded Watford into the ground <laughs> in the final. And he was he was on the pitch afterwards, like coaching Sterling. And, and yeah. I'm like, are you never happy? 
I, yeah. I look at him sometimes and I'm like, this guy just doesn't rest. Well, that's what makes him one of the best managers in the world, I think, isn't it? Um, mm. I think I think yeah. a lot of people say a lot of that kind of stuff where it's coaching the players, he does it for the cameras. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that is part of it. I think he is very much, he's so driven, isn't he? Like, he's never, he never stopped. He's so meticulous. Yeah, he's he hates, so he hates losing. I'm guessing you've all seen All or Nothing, the documentary on City as well. You could see there, like, how... Just how meticulous he is. So. It's interesting to you say that because like he's from he's obviously from the Bielsa school of footballing, isn't he? As well as Pochettino, mm. and they both yeah, yeah. were kind of both have been notorious for like unrelenting training sessions and things like that. Yeah, proper um, hard taskmaster. Yeah, like absolute total football. Like that is you like live and breathe it. So. I mean, you say it's for the cameras and stuff, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if 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 it wasn't either. If it, if it was just total immersion in 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 the career. Yeah, absolutely. So next one, obviously, the restart after coronavirus and stuff. It was it's a bit of a weird one, wasn't it, for your lot? Obviously, with not really having a great deal to fight for, apart from obviously Champions League, and I'll let you I'll let you air your frustrations about about that situation, but. Yeah. I mean, you were always going to get second, weren't you? And it was never really too much of a battle on, was it? What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously top four was never in doubt, really. We, we weren't going to flunk that. but And obviously we knew that the league was gone. So it's kind of, I think it would have been hard for the players to find motivation. I mean, we, we were in the FA Cup to begin with as well. And then, you know, saw what happened in the semi against Arsenal. Not great, but yeah, I mean, we won most of our games after the comeback. Then we scraped through others. We did the sort of you know, standard cricket score thing that <laughs> we, we tend to, to rack up these days. But yeah, we, I thought it was it was fine. It was, obviously, I was really looking forward to the Champions League. I thought this year in particular was a great chance to at least get to the final. And then as soon as we drew Leon in the quarters, I was like, I'm going out. I can just, I can just somehow, I can see it now. We'll somehow bottle it, you know. And in fairness, um, Pep did give them too much respect, I thought. This is a, a club that finished seventh in the French League. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from them. They are a good side and they showed that against us. But he played, um, it was another game that he overthought, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it. I didn't really know much about it. But I, from what I read, he did like overthink it quite a bit in, in terms of tactics. But I think he's been guilty of that a few times, as 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 you mentioned yeah, I think of this whole overthinking and maybe, I don't know, whether it's the pressure of getting to the quarterfinals or I, w- I think we touched on it in an earlier episode where we, I think I said, like, I wouldn't be surprised if in the in the initial interview he had at City, they sat him down and they were like, we want you to win the Champions League. Everything else is fine if you want to do it, but your one aim is to win the Champions League. I think it would get to anyone really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I bet the pressure didn't get him at, get to him at, at Bayern or Barcelona or... Yeah, but it did, to be fair, it did at Bayern because he never won the Champions League at Bayern. And did he? And I think. I mean, no, I was just talking gen- generally in, that, yeah, in those terms. No, no. But you don't know what his, his brief was at Bayern or. Yeah, know. true. I mean, and we, I, personally, I feel like you can't really compare that Barca team with anything. Like that, that Barca team was just like, we said it, we've covered it before. Like it was probably one of the best, if not the best, club team like ever assembled. I think wasn't I, think, it, I, think I could have won the treble with that Barca side. Like, <laughs> you, know, you could have done it without a manager and they'd walk to it. It was just, they, they were a ridiculously good team. It's but, like yeah. that kid that just buys all the FIFA packs. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, for Ultimate Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably have gone out in the group, so knowing me. <laughs> yeah, I think he maybe underestimated Leon a bit. I think he he's, so, he's been so desperate to win it that he was looking past it, I think. And that was sort of, 
to the detriment of the performance. I think in the Champions League, you just got to play your best squad every every match because it's a it's a, a final every game, you know. So. Well, this is why I was surprised he didn't do that because in this case, there wasn't even a second leg to play for. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a one-off game. Why not just play standard four-four-three? All your best players in the right positions, and he didn't do that. This is really bad, the amount of times I've already said this on this episode, but I didn't watch the game. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that apparently um, Leon kind of sat back quite a lot and he didn't really have anyone on the pitch that could like unlock a sort of deep defence. And I mean, it was kind of maybe quite obvious that they were going to do that. I, I think, mean, that, I was a very, that was a very rambly question, but... No, it makes sense. Though. I mean, there were always... I think most teams that play against us, they're, they're going to try and just soak up the pressure and get us on the break. That's... It's it seems like almost foolproof way to beat a pet team at the minute. Um, mm. We saw mm. it happen in the league all season. We lost like nine league games, and nearly all of them were lost in the same manner, where we dominate the game and then literally a breakaway goal or two, just a mistake at the back, or it's just it's frustrating. But it's the pet, it's it's the way pet plays. And yeah, I mean, when you I think <laughs> our first game under Mourinho against City, we. I think we had two shots on target and two goals. And we sat back and like soaked up the pressure and hit you was, on the break that, both that times. That was such an annoying game. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, that was even worse than the game at the start of the season where we dominated just as much at the Etihad <laughs> and you still somehow drew with us. I, uh, I've got to say, though, Spurs having two shots and scoring both of them is a massive anomaly as well. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you especially when you didn't have any recognised strikers on your in your starting elevens. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, so getting a little bit more political. <laughs> sort of the ethics behind the ownership of City. Like what do you think about obviously them owning I think they've bought um a new club about a couple of weeks ago in the Spanish second tier and like you've got what? 10 clubs owned by the owners by the owners now or just to name a few melbourne city mumbai city new york city and girona fc they have a real thing for giving a club city after it don't they but what do you think about it man the worry i guess with that is that if they're not putting enough effort into each club as you know a one-off owner would then you know you shouldn't be buying them all because obviously their main investment is with us at, at man city we're like the main club under city football group and you can only own so many clubs without taking your eye off the ball so i don't know as long as they're if they're giving these clubs more exposure they're instilling them with more ambition uh there's the financial help as well then then why not but you just don't want it to become a bit of a, a monopoly. You know, you've you've got them. All these clubs are in various parts of the world, so at least they're not coming up against each other and playing in the same league. I'm sure there's plenty of laws against that anyway. But yeah, it's it's hard to say really. As long as they don't um, sort of, if things go wrong at one or two of the clubs and they leave them in tatters, then that's that's bad, obviously, ethically, financially, all of it, and it's bad for the fans as well. Um, but if they do, you know, they've done great with us, and they seem to have done great with other clubs as well so far. I think they own New York City FC as well. Uh, we've got quite a good partnership with them. Um, I think it's contracts in quite a few of our players, you know, contracts that they'll end up at New York City after yeah. playing at City. I think that was in Lampard's contract originally. He was meant to go to New York City. And There's then the rumour for Messi as well. Yeah, the, I think yeah. they were drawing up some crazy contract for him, weren't they? Where he'd play yes. with us for three years, then two years in New York. But obviously that never materialised. Oh, Spoil- don't worry, spoilers, mate. We, yeah, we, we, got, we got a lot of talking to do about that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree in terms of um, in terms of like how it's set up. I don't think there's... In, in respect of like actually developing players, like... Sean was saying a couple of on the last episode, which he was on, like about Chelsea and sort of their loan system and how they seem to loan players out to everyone. I guess 
in that respect with the City group, you could make a point that there it's a good thing that if they had youth players, they, they had a connection with smaller clubs that would allow them to like loan players out easily to other to sort of teams within the city group yeah, yeah i don't think there's really any negative to it to be honest but it's a good system in that regard as well isn't it like I, I think one or two seasons ago we literally had five or six youth players that were all playing for girona in spain and they were part of the you know the squad that were playing regularly and i think they got them promoted now, I think yeah. they have gone down again since. <laughs> um, so it's not all going brilliantly for them at the minute, but they do, you know, it's, it does work out. It does. I, think, I can see, I think I can see Sean's big brain going. So go on, let him. Uh... <laughs> I think, I think that, that works really well for City. But for other, for, I mean, another club in the Spanish second tier is going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, there's this like super group of teams that can just call upon reserves who are better than the standard of the league. I feel like it's sort of you, you can bridge on being that a bit of a superpower in that sense. Yeah, that is a fair yeah. point. Um, I mean, this it, is fantastic from a city point of view, but it's like the Chelsea loan system is self-serving, but it also benefits other teams because they do just loan all these young players out that are prospects. So those teams do get benefit in like the short term. But I guess if you're loaning loaning only to your own club or, or your extended network of clubs then it only really benefits City Group. No, I agree, to be fair. Like, in, in that respect, yeah. Like, it, at the same time, like, in terms of, of essentially, that's what the City Group and what the, the owners bought, wasn't it? Like, that's what course, they... Yeah. I mean, their, they, that was their setup. yeah. They're going to invest in themselves at the end of the day, aren't they? And, yeah, they, they, I think they're, they're sort of doing it the right way. Again, they just need to make sure that these clubs that they're buying um, are getting the investment that they want or just the efforts... Um, being put into the club so they're not just being left you know you, you want the fans to be happy at the end of the day as well as for what you know fans of uh opposing teams think they can't really do anything about that oh fuck uh, them lot mate don't worry about yeah. that <laughs> i wish there was a spares group where we could get <laughs> moving on so in terms of players which you brought in you brought in nathan Aki which was, I think, a real, real good move. I think it was around 40 million. I really do rate him as a centre-back, I must admit. Um, like, what do you think? Uh, and also, do you have anyone, apart from, obviously, the GOAT, and we're going to talk about him in a minute, but apart from him, do you have anyone else who you would like to bring in or any parts of the team that you'd like to strengthen? I mean, literally, the only part of that team that has been strengthening for the past few years, really, is the defence. We didn't replace... Vinny when he left. I think even Ake Ake looks like a great player, but we need a, a we need a world class centre back, I think, to plug that well, hole. like um like Koulibaly, yeah. We've been mm. looking at him, haven't we, quite a lot. I feel like that's almost never gonna happen though. That Daniel's a bit sour about that. Mm. Oh well, what, because United are out for him as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes, mate. I think I think it, it exactly <laughs> that's what Manchester United need as well, sir. So I'm uh... <laughs> I've actually had Girona and Mumbai City are out for him as well. <laughs> yeah, every every club under the City Football Group, basically. <laughs> but yeah, we've been looking at other defenders as well. I think um, there's, I can't remember his name now. He plays for Valencia. Um, there's Jimenez at Atletico that we've been looking at as well. Uh, he seems decent. Like He's literally just getting a very good or a world-class centre-back. Mm. And then we don't have to rely on Stones and Otamendi every week. Laporte is like a decent enough centre-back, isn't he? Which you can build around, definitely. Laporte's brilliant. Yeah, I would say he's close to world-class. If he stays fit, you know, he's had a couple of big injuries and he was out for, I think, a lot of last season. And that's how we dropped, partly how we dropped so many points. But um, Fernandinho's done great at the back. 
You know, yeah. he's not a natural centre back, and yet he's been brilliant there. I know we've invested so much in defenders already the past few seasons. It's a bit of a joke that we have to spend any more, but you know, just do it. <laughs> I do feel sorry for John Stones because when he when he went from Everton, he was like heralded as like the new like he's going to be unbelievable for City. He's going to be a in that England setup for the next ten years, and just feel like I don't know if it's Pep or if it's him, or if it's the big occasions, or, like, what it is. Like, he just doesn't seem to have developed into the player that everyone, like, 34... No, it's like nearly 50 million, wasn't it, when City bought him? And Yeah, it was about 50. That seems to be the going fee for any defender we signed, doesn't it? <laughs> I wonder uh, why. <laughs> I've just read here that you've spent... Well, I don't think this is included in the Nathan Aki deal, but 320 million on defenders. Yeah, that's Since Pepper's right. come in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the transfer budget for a decade for a, a lower Premier League team in it really absolutely yeah I mean it, it is crazy money it's it's just it is more frustrating with the fact that they haven't all been great investments it's yeah I mean John Stones I do I, I do like him but he's just so error prone he's not a young player anymore he's played at the top for a few seasons he should be better than he is and he's you know I whenever he's on a starting lineup now I see it and I just get an impending sense of dread because I know that he's just gonna he's gonna make at least one or two big errors. I watched him against Villa in the League Cup final a few months ago, and he literally there was a point where the ball was just coming down. All he had to do was head it, and instead he like just tripped over his own feet, let Grealish through on goal, and I think they actually scored from that. He's just and he's so he does that every game, does it every game. This isn't on the running order, but I just quickly wanted to ask you all or nothing. City one. And obviously, one of the players who's quite a big personality at City is uh, Mendy. I always thought him as this kind of world-class player, but from everything I've kind of read about him, he's he's just not really filled filled those boots, filled those shoes, boots. I mean, I didn't know if you had any opinions on him at all. Yeah, I mean, Mendy's another player that I really want to see sort of fulfil, you know, what's been laid before him because... So far, he's really ridden on the coattails of the rest of the team. He's, he's won everything, hasn't he? past few years, he even won the World Cup. He played something like six minutes for the French <laughs> team. And then you saw him giving it big Wigan at the end of the at the end of the final with his winner's medal, lifting the trophy. Like, yeah, I did this. Like, come on. But I think he has got the talent. Um, yeah. He just pisses about on social media a lot. And he seems to always be injured. He's got glass ankles. So... We'll just have to see. He's not going anywhere this season, I don't think. So if he stays fit, we'll we'll see. I think he was he was injured for the majority of that documentary, wasn't he? I remember him being on and 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 a cast for quite a lot of it. Yeah, he was. I think that was one of the main. I think a whole episode was spent on him, really, where it was just him in rehab and sort of getting back to match fitness. But then he was one of those players where, when he arrived at City, he played a couple of games, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this guy is gonna terrify me when he plays us," because he looked dynamite. And then he got injured after about two games. Yeah, I was just like, "Thank fuck for that." <laughs> and he's never yeah. really come back after that. He's never come back from it, no. He has had one or two, we've had one or two glimpses when he's come back from injury and he gets going. And then, I don't know, he just gets injured again. He had a dreadful game against Wolves earlier in the season where I think we were winning 2-0 and they came back and won 3-2. And mm. one, one of their goals was because Mendy just pissed about in the box with the ball. He just wouldn't get rid of it. And I think it was Traore just robbed him, just fully like muscled him off the ball. As I was going to say, was it Truari on that left-hand side? I mean, for Tongan, well, it was his last season with us, but he did an interview and he's like, I've played against Messi and Ronaldo and all these people. And he's like, the worst game I ever had was against Truari in that Wolves game this season because he's like, he just 
bullied the fuck out of me for like 90 minutes. It's a tank, isn't it? It's an absolute cube. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Wardrobe on legs, I think. Wardrobe yeah, on legs, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Kevin De Bruyne, what a player, right? Like, it it pisses me off to have to admit it, but he is... He's, pro- he's probably the best midfielder in the Prem at the moment, isn't he? I'd say. Best we- player in the Prem, hands down, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's just he's just won the PFA Player of the Year award. I mean, it makes more sense than voting for Jordan Henderson, doesn't it? So, <laughs> you know, all I can say is well done. I mean, yeah, I think we're all in pre- pretty much agreement that Kevin De Bruyne is fast, powerful, intelligent. Pasty. Yeah, pasty. pasty yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, some of some of them balls when he when he just gets just outside, sort of between the, the halfway line and the box, and mm. he just gets it and you just he looks up and somehow I don't know how, it's like he's got a whip on his foot. He just bends the ball in and somehow it ends up like basically on the penalty spot for Sterling, Aguero, whatever. It's just the ability is just unbelievable, I think. I got her um he, he yeah. probably drives the other players around him and he can mm. see his frustration where he's putting these assists on a plate and then Sterling yeah. will sky one or Aguero won't quite <laughs> get his foot to it and you'll see him afterwards going, What are you doing? I saw yeah. I saw a, a weird stat actually that there was sort of a cross and a, a, a graph that was a cross and it was like he was in the bottom percentile of loses it when he has possession of it and loses it when he passes it. Oh wow. But, so supposedly he loses it a lot, but he also creates a ridiculous amount of really high quality chances. Well, that's yeah. the thing. He's a those, risk taker, isn't he? he takes he's one risk. of those players where you, the, the manager's obviously like, just do what you do and just whip that ball in there. And he's just so amazingly good at getting it through that, like threading the eye of the needle. But yeah. it, is a high, it is like a low percentage thing. Imagine yeah. if you would for a second, guys this scenario, which will lead into the next question. Kevin De Bruyne bursting through midfield, whips in a dirty little cross to this little Argentinian. Mm. Are we talking about... Messi. Nah, we're talking about Aguero, mate, because he... Messi's definitely not coming for another season. I'm just going to stir that into the pot straight away. I bought, I bought a sound effect for the episode. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. You, you can have everything, but you can't have Messi. Yeah, go on, mate. Like, obviously, I'm assuming you're gutted, let's be honest. Like, it seemed... I can't say I, I've, I've never got my hopes up that much about getting Messi because it's just so unlikely. Even when he handed in that transfer request, I just thought, don't get your hopes up because it's probably not happening. He'll be forced to stay at Barca or he'll go elsewhere. But, yeah, of course, anyone would take Messi, wouldn't they? It's It's... It's it's like it's literally it's it's a dream to have Messi at your club, you know, be able to buy a shirt of, from your own club with Messi on the back mm. and mm. watch him play in your stadium every week. But I don't think it'll ever happen personally. Uh, even if he leaves next season, I reckon he won't come to us. He'll go somewhere else. You think? Yeah, I, I think I was too much like hard work. You think? What? Yeah, can he do it on a wet, rainy Sunday in Stoke? Well, maybe that if Stoke get promoted end of this yeah, season, yeah. maybe that question will be answered next season. But I, I didn't really expect it to happen. It's and if you think of the money involved, I know it's not an object to to us, but you know we'd have to pay him like a million a week, and it's just you don't. I wouldn't want it. It it undermined the efforts of the star players. You've got De Bruyne and Aguero on like two hundred to three hundred k a week, and then Messi comes in, who's you know he's in the twilight of his career. I know he's messy, but if he's paying literally, if he's getting paid quadruple their wages, is that yeah. not going to cause a bit of a stir? But also, from a perspective of 
if he came in and he pushed you across the line and you won the Champions League, the Premier League and the FA Cup in one season, like mm. uh, 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 Aguero and, and and other players really that asked, if, they, if they're lifting trophy after trophy, like, because Messi's come in. I, I, I personally, I, I can see it happening next season, like that he would he would end up coming but I think it probably depends upon how Barcelona season goes under uh, Coman this season and sort of if if he had, if it had another like can complete catastrophe like they did against Bayern then yeah I can really see him going to somewhere like City or but again like like Sean said I think it's personally for me that's the reason why I still don't think he's the GOAT the greatest of all time because he's only done it at Barca don't get me wrong he's been unbelievable but he's only done it there and like we've said a couple of times he's he's had all the toys hasn't he like I know Pep did but he had all the toys at, at Barca when he was you know when he was really classed as the greatest of all time right yeah as a Premier League watcher though god I'd love to just have oh. him in the league it would be I've seen him live and it was it was absolutely something else like not like anything I've ever seen what so. did you say about him Sean that he kind of He'd pass the ball in his own half and then you'd take your eye off him for a minute and then you'd be in the box scoring. Mm. I mean, he destroyed Spurs in that game. I went on an under-18s ticket, 27. Just, and... to, clar- just to clarify here, Sean has a large ginger beard. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was at least an inch and a half at the time. And I <laughs> destroy us for 12 quid. That's yeah. I ever spent. But, um... worth, worth every penny that, isn't it? Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, imagine just sitting down on a Sunday at 10 o'clock, match of the day comes on and you're like, oh my God, Messi is just... It would be pissing me off because it'd be for City, but you got to appreciate just the quality, haven't you, really? Well, I, I said to Jim, I said, I'd also just love to see like Andros Townsend's bag the winner for Palace in the 89th minute. And Messi just like has to shake his hand after the game. <laughs> Absolutely devastated. Yeah, <laughs> he's like I left Barca for this. Angelino, your your left back lad, who's gone Leipzig for sixteen point three million. What do you think? Good deal. And also, following on to that, would you like or can you see anyone leaving for this season? Obviously, with coronavirus, it's kind of a bit of a weird one. It seems like there is a lot less transfer talk and a lot less sort of transfer activity. But what do you think, Danny? I thought Angelino was quite good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say we really needed to get rid of him, but for whatever reason. Uh, it seems like Pep is not in Pep's plans. Um, as soon as we signed him, we bought, got him back on like a buyback clause. Can't remember if that was from Leipzig or another team. No, that's from PSG. That uh, PSV that was. PSV wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got him back for like five mil, which is great. And then he played a few games. He played a half a season, and then he got loaned out again in January. And then he just never got back into the plans. And I, th- I think he's a good player. He can whip the crosses in. Um, he's you know he's good on the attack. He's not terrible at defending, but I guess he's just not. It doesn't fit the mould, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, which it's a bit frustrating because now we're left with Mendy and Zinchenko again, who neither of whom I really rate at the minute. Like I said earlier, I think Mendy can come good, but he has to stay fit. I've seen Garcia as well, Barca, and that centre-back lad of yours, but we talked about him a couple of times, haven't we? And for a centre-back in the Premier League, he's like 5'9 or something, isn't he? And it's, he's, he's always going to struggle. Yeah. Is he, it? Yeah. He, he, can't, he can't get to any balls you know like literally if he's defending in the box like he never gets to a header never and you need a bit of height there don't you and plus if he wants to go to Barca then he's not going to give his all for us is he so he can go if he wants like I say we we seem to be getting defensive reinforcements and we've got Ake hopefully we'll get one more defender and then I think we'll be good to go in in terms of players leaving 
I think Otamendi might be on the way out finally. Because, yeah, we need a shot of him, to be honest. Goes to ground so easily. <laughs> it's not even funny. I, th- I think there's a rumour that he's, he's going to Porto or something like that. So, fair enough. Other than that, I think everyone will be staying. There's not really anyone I'd, I'd want to see go. Yeah, why so, would you leave? It'd yeah. be an interesting story to see if, if you had... I mean, we haven't really talked about this, but if you had um, lost out in the Champions League due to the financial fair play regulations, who would have been off now in that situation with no Champions League prospects at all? Yeah, we could well have lost a couple of players. I mean, yeah. they'd have, they'd have, really, they'd have had to force their way out. That's the only thing. Um, no, no one's contract is running out anytime soon. So if... if De Bruyne or Sterling, for example, felt that, you know, they wanted to apply the trade elsewhere. It, they'd have a fight on their hands. But I think mm. the players, they seem well looked after. No one, players rarely seem unhappy at City. And I'm sure mm. the money helps with that. <laughs> no, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. say that, yeah. But they're always <laughs> and, in, you and know. the trophies, mate. Ugh, trophies. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. It's, it's kind of, th- even if they didn't get Champions League for a year or two, like, I think most of them would have been fine staying. Focus on the Prem, you know, that's always number one priority anyway. As far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but fortunately, you know, it's all good. So, the Premier League returns this weekend on the 12th. Um, so, we thought we'd just get everyone's opinions on who's going to finish in the top six and who they think is going to relegate, get relegated. Daniel, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah. My. Top four would be... Top six, top six. Oh, top six, top six would be City first, Liverpool right. second. No, sorry. City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United. Then I don't care about the Tim Potters. Uh, <laughs> Spurs and then Arsenal, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, relegation. I'm not too sure on relegation. at I feel like, right, Burnley, the past couple of seasons have rode the look. Same with Brighton. I feel like Sean Dyche can only, like, not have any transfer budget for, like, ever and keep being a really good man manager. So I feel like Burnley are kind of one of them teams that might be in danger. I could sef- I can definitely see Villa going down this season and I'll probably go Brighton. I don't know. I don't I didn't want to wish Burnley because I did, they are one of them teams that I do quite like, but could see them going down. I'll go with that. Uh, my weirdly enough, my top six is exactly the same as Brooms. So I think is it? City top, Chelsea second, Liverpool third, United fourth, unfortunately, Spurs fifth, and Arsenal sixth. I think down the bottom, uh, Villa are gonna struggle. Like they greedish their way out so hard, but it's just not. I don't think it's going to happen for them. Um, Fulham, I don't think are going to do very well. And then the third spot, I don't really know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could be down there. Like West Ham were terrible. Like they've just sold one of their like best youth prospects to West Brom as well. As we covered on last episode. Yeah, uh, that shows I didn't listen to the last episode. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I think they could be down there. I think the Sheffield United bubble might burst. I think they might not do so well. Uh, Fucking hell, mate. It's only three teams could go down. I mean, they're all going down. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> all the rest. Uh, and and like Burnley, as you say, I think Leeds will do well coming up. I think yeah, like yeah. the sheer yeah. will of their fans will push them on to stay up. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, the third one. Well, who, who's your third sure. spot, mate? You've got to give us a third spot. Um, 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, Villa, Fulham, and someone. I'll go Burnley. I'll copy you. Wolves. <laughs> uh, I mean, top six, pretty standard for the most part. I think, you know, I'll put us at number one, City. Um, then Liverpool, Chelsea, United, Arsenal for fifth. And then a bit of a wild card for sixth spot. Going to go with Everton. They've made some big signings and they've got Uncle Carlo at the helm. You never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see at the end of the season, won't we? We'll see. But yeah, and then bottom three, I think I think we'll see a couple of the promoted teams go down. I think Fulham back down to the championship. I think West Brom as well. I think Leeds will just about stay up. Um and then yeah, maybe West Ham or Burnley for the third spot. Because they've been flirting with relegation a couple of seasons now, haven't they? So Yeah. I've taken a slightly different tact to the rest of you, just as a, a bit of a curveball. Uh, I've gone City at the top, Chelsea second, if they can get that team to gel, United third, and I think Liverpool are really going to be off the boil this year. Um, no, no real new signings, sort of same team now for almost three seasons, and also they they kind of they did what they set out to achieve last season, and I can't see them having the motivation to try and do that again as much. And then fifth, I've gone for the boys, Spurs, with Wolves in there. But I've actually given an honourable mention. I think Everton are going to do really well this year. I feel like, like you mentioned, they've got Uncle Carlo at the helm, level of players that they're bringing in, I think could push them on a bit. So I'm going to say Everton seventh. And <laughs> down the bottom, I've got Fulham, uh, Villa and West Ham. Oh, I was really hoping you had Arsenal going down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if Aubameyang leaves, then maybe. Just a quick one, boys. We're just looking at that first week of fixtures. Tottenham-Everton on mm. Sunday. That could be quite a tasty one, I think. I must admit. And depending upon, like Sean said, with, with um, Sheffield United, the bubble, I think on Monday as well, it's Sheffield United versus Wolves. So that might be two sort of tasty Sunday-Mondays games that uh, I might have to tune into and see what uh, see what happens with them. My point on the Everton Spurs game would be that I don't like as much as I just said that I think Everton are going to do well this season. I don't think they're initially going to do well. They're still Everton. Like they they've brought they've brought in um James Rodriguez. But I mean he's only been there fucking 3 days, do you know what I mean? We'll oh, see. We'll see. Mate, he apparently only played about 6 hours worth of football last season, so Mate, if if anyone can make new signings look great, it's us. So <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the rundown of of the prem and what's uh, what we got coming up for this weekend. To be honest, boys, I am absolutely buzzing. The Premier League is back and the NFL is back, mate. I am so happy for this weekend. I really cannot wait. Dan's um, really pushing for his own NFL show. In a I am. Any, anyone out there who wants to talk NFL, please hit me up. I will. I'll always be chatting shit about that. Ollie Watkins, which I've seen signing uh, yesterday or the day before for Villa for 28 mil from Brentford. And it's like, I knew he was a top goal scorer in the championship last season, but 28 mil for a, for a championship play is not actually proven in the Prem. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the championship, the the skill levels there are really good now. And, it's, and it is get pushing closer to the Premier League, but it's a big, Big investment, isn't it, boys? What do we think? Eight mils, pocket change, mate. Pocket change. <laughs> <laughs> I think um... it's like twelve barrels of oil. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am. Um, I, I personally think he would have been quite a good signing for Spurs. Yeah, we were in for him because bit of an apprentice, you know. And, and I know, my, I know and, why we didn't get him. I know exactly. I know exactly why we didn't get him because he was twenty-eight mil. Oh yeah, <laughs> levy is levy, mate. It's it's a lot. It's a risk for Villa though. It's a lot of cash. Considering how much they spent as well last season, they were like in like the top five spenders last year in terms of transfers. So. I think they'd spent upwards of 100 million last season. So it's like, you know, putting a lot of investment in. I guess if, I guess obviously staying in the Prem has helped, keeping Jack Grealish has helped. So it's like, I think they're thinking we need that goal scorer because obviously, like you were saying, Grealish lifted them and took them for, you know, especially after the restart, they were, if Jack Grealish, where Jack Grealish went, he scored. And if they, if he was playing bad, it was, you know, it wasn't much to watch, was it? So. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I'm going to say Havarts to Chelsea <laughs> to uh, for, what was it, 70 mil? Or was it so more? It's a roundabout there, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean... It's Kai Havertz. I mean, it's not. It's Havarts. But, you know, <laughs> if you want to call if you want to call him something wrong, then... The, king of, wrong. the king of Havarts. Yeah, Just sound yeah. like a posh old English lady, mate. Havarts. Havarts. Um... <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but Jesus Christ, the money that Chelsea are just pumping in now is... And obviously, they haven't had the last two transfer windows, so it's fair enough, but Jesus Christ. They're doing the business, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing good business. I saw a bar chart this week on Twitter, so you know a bar chart on Twitter, can't lie. Apparently, Chelsea have kind of they kind of breaking even with the amount of sales they've done over the last couple of seasons and the amount of people they've brought in. They're not actually spending too much money i don't think i mean you got to think about how much they got for hazard and hazard yeah, true hazard <laughs> yeah Havertz yeah. and hazard i suppose to be fair and yeah like i said they haven't they haven't spent the last two transfer windows so it's, it's like i said last but... week man like the, the challenge the challenge in that squad now is to get them all to gel because none of them most well i don't think any of them have played in the premier league before um to get all these players of from all different leagues of all different ages to gel in the space of a cup, what is a very tight preseason. Um, I'd be interesting. And if he does it, that's why I've got them at, at second, mate. I do, I he... do think though that Chelsea sign, they've got like such a culture of signing players that people do tend to more often than not hit the ground running there. Yeah. Mm. They don't tend to have a lot of duff signings, I'd say on the whole. Yeah. To be decided. We've got Decore and James Rodriguez to Everton, which we've kind of almost touched on a little bit as well. Anyone got any major thoughts on that? I think they're both great signings. Yeah, I mean, Decore, I always rated him at Watford, to be honest. I think he deserves to be playing in the Prem. Everton's probably his level at the minute. Um, mm. And yeah, I think James as well. Like He's obviously, he's, he's shown that he's got world-class talent in the past. It's just that he's kind of flopped wherever he's been. Um, he didn't do great at Real Madrid and then he got loaned to Bayern, didn't really do much there. So maybe this is his chance to just kind of prove how good he is. That's yeah. the, I mean, that's the natural progression, isn't it? Madrid, Bayern, Everton. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a bit of a weird one with, with him though as well, because I read that he basically like, he just follows Ancelotti around, doesn't he? Like Ancelotti went Bayern and then he went to Bayern and now he's gone to Everton and he's gone to Everton. It seems like... With some of them kind of players, they just seem to have like an allegiance to to a manager, don't they? And it does feel like maybe, you know, you never know. He might be able to get sort of the best out of a player. But if, if he shows something like he did, you know, three or four years ago, then I do think they have a real player on their hands, don't they? 
Yeah. And then finally, uh, Wilson and Fraser, two Bournemouth players, to both to Newcastle. I, I personally think, and Baker is on next week, Alex Baker, our, our mate, our Newcastle informant, and I've spoken to him about it, and he thinks, yeah, not like not bad signings, to be fair. He said, very Brucey, and I agree. I think Wilson is kind of one of them players that, I think he's gonna he's gonna bag you some goals, isn't he? They've, they've you know Wilson and Rondon up front, and I think I think Ryan Frazier is like a really really good signing for them. I think they've been needing sort of um, someone. I know they've got um, Saint oh, Maxia, Saint Maxia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who's like a left winger, but I do think him and and Fraser on that left wing will be will really be tearing it up. I'm hoping, yeah, yeah, yeah. I rate Fraser quite a bit. I think mm. we were in, we were in for both those players at, at separate times in this in this window yeah spurs are in for everyone mate oh mate yeah of course <laughs> it's yeah like of course. Mourinho all over again we were in for him for about 15 years <laughs> but yeah no i think it's i think it's pretty solid signings if they can manage wilson's injuries then yeah they're on to a winner i think fraser was on a free as well wasn't he Which, yeah you know it's even better and if he can mm. recover the form he had um i think not not last season but season before you know it mm. would be great for him Definitely. Yeah, because there was there was talks of like top six teams picking up Fraser, like a, like not last season, the season before, wasn't there? So I do think yeah, you're right. If yeah. he could if he could recover some of that form, he'd definitely be. I think they'd be on to a winner big time, Newcastle. Well, I think that's all we got time for. But thanks to Sean. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having me. And thanks, Danny. Cheers, guys. Been a pleasure. Nice one. What do we say, Daniel? Let's wrap <laughs> this shit up, mate. Yeah. Got to get, get people to leave a review, though. Got to leave a oh, review oh, on yeah, iTunes. Yeah. That's both yeah. of you as well, Sean and Danny. You both got to go on iTunes right now and leave a five star review, or we'll never have you on again. Can I do it on Spotify? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> right. Done. Cheers, guys. Bye. See ya. See you in a bit, guys.